At this point, it's kind of hard to keep track of all of the irresponsible things happening on Elon Musk oh. Presents Twitter.com, and ranking them in order of severity is kind of a fool's errand simply due to the fact that new examples are being made on a daily basis. And one could argue that Elon spreading and appearing to endorse hate speech on the platform is easily the most dangerous thing so far, and that would that would be true to this point, but we're also just now getting a taste of the damage that can ensue on a massive, unmoderated platform where anyone can seem like a legit source of information simply because they had $8 and a username that mirrors an actual news outlet. Yeah, so on Monday morning of this week, we got uh, the first big taste of legitimate fake news being spread by a fake account with real verification. News that was picked up by other prominent users and outlets and spread even further thanks to the algorithm, yeah. in large part, yeah. which in turn ended up having an effect on the entire U.S. economy for a moment as people scrambled to figure out what was going on only after the fake story had gone viral. Yes. And they believed it first, and then they were like, wait, hold on. And he's got the, the blue check mark, so telling the truth. Yeah. Oh, wait. Hmm. Yeah, so the, the story was that a massive explosion happened right in front of the Pentagon, complete with a photograph that... It, at rapid first glance, appeared to show that exact thing taking place. Yeah, I mean, look at it. It's it. That looks like something. That's is the Pentagon, and that's an explosion at the Pentagon. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, anyone with any shred of critical thinking would assume that this low-resolution image might not be real, if not for the fact that a bunch of official-looking blue check verified accounts were sharing the image and corresponding headline as if it were. True. Yeah. Uh, including one account that was made to look identical to the official account for Bloomberg News, which was also verified. Yeah. Now, by now, it's obviously very apparent that a blue check mark actually means nothing. One of the recurring new memes is however many hours, zero likes. That's been happening That's, on a lot. That, I had a lot of fun with that one this week. Just, yeah, four hours, zero likes, seven hours, five likes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it just no, shows it, that, that no one is actually paying attention to what these people are saying. They just want it as a cos cosmetic thing. If, if, if nothing else, the, the blue check mark is a badge that you should be more skeptical of whatever the yes. fuck that person is telling you. Exactly. But having said that, after years and years of being terminally online and specifically on Twitter, it is a very hard habit to shake that seeing news go by with what appears to be a legit uh, source and a blue check, it it's hard to, it's a hard habit to say, oh, that's not real. It, when you see it, mm -hmm. typically, it's like, all right, I'm trained to believe this. And and if you're not necessarily plugged into yes. all the shit that Elon has done to Twitter over just the past couple months, I mean, yeah, I think you'd, you'd be excused of being yeah. a bit confused by all this. It's a subconscious function of the rotted internet brain that even I sometimes find myself suffering from in the split second before rational thought breaks through. I have seen things gone by with blue checks and I'm like, oh, oh, wait a second. Hold on. They got me. So this is also a great example of the dire need for expanded media literacy in this country and worldwide because people should absolutely be double and triple checking important and disturbing news articles for legitimacy or in some cases, complete bias. Then again, there also seemed to be some intentionally misleading aspects of this particular story going viral. It was being spread mostly through the types of accounts that you could assume would benefit from something like this going viral even temporarily. 
Because Bitcoin solves this. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, so those accounts were in no particular order. Uh, Wall Street news influencer accounts, cryptocurrency influencer accounts, and foreign state-run media accounts. Most notably Russia Today, which uh, they, of course, wrote it with a just-asking-questions style headline, but it was obviously pretty impactful when an account with over 3 million followers tweets it out as if it's a real developing story. Mm -hmm. Also, side note, because of Elon's recent brush-ups with news outlets that are sometimes critical of him, the whole uh, state or government-funded media tags that usually would appear next outlets that are legitimately run by those governments, particularly mm, Russia Today, those aren't there anymore. No. All the tweets and retweets and articles have since been deleted, but the damage was done, at least temporarily, and it also gave us a quick glimpse at a future that we all knew was coming, and I guess is here. Yeah. And we'll get to how bad the AI image mock-up was, but, and, and how it probably wouldn't have fooled anyone who took just five seconds to yeah. open it up, give it a once-over, maybe zoom in a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, but first, here's the real Bloomberg with more on this literal fake news. A falsified photograph of an explosion near the Pentagon spread widely on social media Monday morning, briefly sending U.S. stocks lower in possibly the first instance of an AI-generated image moving the market. Just past 10 a.m. New York time, when the photo was circulating, the S&P 500 declined by about 0.3% to a session low. As news emerged that the image was a hoax, the index quickly rebounded. The fake photo, which first appeared on Facebook, showed a large plume of smoke that a Facebook user claimed was near the U.S. military headquarters in Virginia. It soon spread on Twitter accounts that reached millions of followers, including the Russian state-controlled news network RT and the financial news site Zero Hedge, a participant in the social media company's new Twitter Blue verification system. After the story went viral, uh, the Arlington, Virginia Fire and EMS Service put out a statement confirming that there is no explosion or incident taking place at or near the Pentagon Reservation, and there is no immediate danger or hazards to the public. And I do want to point out, to Facebook's limited credit, uh, while this was going crazy on Twitter, Facebook had already applied their, uh, you know, whatever their fake news thing is, yeah. and also deprioritized it on their platform. Yeah, well, that's okay, good. Good yeah. for them. But meanwhile, this was taken on Twitter and just blown up. Anything goes. Yeah, this is especially funny because it's not like the Pentagon is in a heavily populated part of the country. You where, would assume there would be other experiences uh, and uh, uh, yeah, reporting. Not only a heavily populated part of the country, but a very flat part of the country uh, where you would presumably be able to see this smoke from miles away yes. if it were in fact real in one of the most surveilled yeah. areas literally on the planet literally millions of people with a sightline to this would be able to you know confirm or deny whether this was actually taking place but it does but it, no, does, it doesn't actually Twitter. even matter because the fake news alone in the time that it would take someone to go on their roof or outside to take a picture a lot of damage can be done yeah. and, and you know getting the reports from you, you know average people that takes time for people to go, oh, okay, well, yeah, this is this doesn't look like there's smoke over there. Yeah. So it damage can be done very quickly, and it sometimes take a, takes a while for it to be undone. Anyway, the Bloomberg reporting, real Bloomberg. Yeah, real Bloomberg. Not fake Bloomberg. The real Bloomberg reporting continues. They add, as the facts emerged, Twitter accounts responsible for spreading the photo began to delete their tweets or post corrections. RT and Zero Hedge deleted tweets with the image, and Zero Hedge said the photo had been confirmed as fake. A paid account on Twitter called Bloomberg Feed that also posted the photo was suspended Monday morning. A Bloomberg News spokesperson said that Bloomberg Feed and a Twitter account called Walter Bloomberg, <laughs> which also carried the report, 
aren't affiliated with Bloomberg News. Oh, you sure? Walter Bloomberg is not affiliated? Bro, trust me, my uncle owns Bloomberg News. <laughs> trust me, I'm Walter Bloomberg. Yeah. Verified, by the way. Why would anyone lie about that for clout? So yeah, in the wake of the story and image going viral, Nick Waters of Bellingcat analyzed it and pointed out parts of the image that were consistent with AI-generated artwork, like how just a few seconds of staring at it would reveal it to be pretty <laughs> fucked up in a number of ways. Yeah. Uh, the fencing was all wrong. The building itself was just increasingly odd-looking the longer you, you looked at it. Like, the, the Pentagon, as a building, it's a very uniform building. Yeah. It's, uh, there's not a lot of variation going on there. And if you zoomed in at all on it, you're like, oh, what's what the fuck is happening here? You, literally anyone could have done a better job in a minute with Photoshop. Right, like there's... There's no need for AI to do this. What's fucked up about this especially is like, yeah, it's like, oh, we, a bunch of people got tricked by an AI image, and it's like, you could have done a better job just like with some really basic Photoshop. Yes! It's With just absurd. assets pulled off like Google, Google Images. Y yeah, it's... It's crazy. The whole thing is crazy. Which yet again just proves like the people using AI shit are just the laziest pieces of fucking shit in the world. Absolutely. Because like, again... This not, would be so easy to do without yeah, AI, and like not, in a broader sense, not even just lazy, but also holding a, so much animosity towards any creative field. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, but I guess it doesn't really matter. I mean, they're right and we're wrong because it fucking it, worked. It worked, yeah, <laughs> and it continues to, and people God continue to be impressed by the most minuscule examples of this. Wow, they're drinking beer in a fake beer commercial. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but yes, of course it is. I'm sure pissing Elon off that this is of course from a Bellingcat researcher because he's already mad at them for pointing out that the Allen Texas gunman was a white supremacist. The, the company that came, that found this is Bellingcat. Right. And you know what Bellingcat does? PSYOPs. Right. Twice he's, in one month? He's oh! very personally insulted by yeah. that insinuation for some reason. Regardless, the photo is all the evidence that anyone needed that this was bullshit. And as Nick Waters pointed out in his post, there were no other corresponding images, video, or first-hand witnesses to this supposed event. But again, takes longer to undo it than to do it, mm -hmm. as is typical fashion on the internet. Doesn't matter, a brief moment in time for people watching online and apparently trading in the stock market, it, and thanks to the regurgitation of verified accounts, it really looked like the U.S. was under attack causing emergency services to scramble and the stock market to dip. I wonder how much of that was also, uh, like, I wonder how much of the stocks dipping was AI reacting to AI. Because I know a lot of these uh, these firms that, I, I'm sure they wouldn't hand over the keys fully, but I'm sure at least part of their trading is done by AI systems that simply react to, like, trending yeah. news and stuff. So that would be especially interesting. It's AI reacting to lies that another AI told them. Ugh, you're, you're, my sci-fi dystopian brain is uh, just short-circuiting right now. Hey, the I am not having fun. The future fucking sucks! So yeah, the image might have failed the smell test after a brief, brief glance. Two separate uh, ways of looking at it. But the tech is evolving so rapidly, especially when it comes to video, that it seems like it will be pretty goddamn necessary for sites like Twitter to have guardrails in place and not rely entirely on legitimate news sources and community notes to correct reality after crucial minutes have passed and the story has spread. Yeah, that seems pretty sensible, but um, sounds like you also hate free speech, so. This is clearly an example of free speech. Uh, this is <laughs> this is uh, screaming fire in a, music, in a, in a, a movie theater, except it's screaming fire on the lawn of the Pentagon. Yeah. 
uh, which is uh, apparently totally fine on Elon Yeah, that's fine. Just don't do it in movies either. That's, yeah. The Supreme Court is very clear about how this works. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, since we're on the topic of Twitter, let's do a fun one. Uh, one that harkens back to the good old days of Twitter when it was mostly for creating and then dunking on one main character a day. It was all the bandwidth we had time for. And uh, you might not know this, but the month of May is a very special month uh, for this sort of thing on Twitter. It's known as Meltdown May for the weird... Uh, Consistently, over the years, for the last 10 years, the month of May has seen more main characters wow. rise uh, to the top uh, very quickly, some some coming out of nowhere and refusing to simply log off. There and, was, uh, I think the most famous, I mean, there of course have been some since this, but the, the, the meteoric rise and then complete, uh, you know, no one was paying attention to it like two days later because of January 6th was Bean Dad. Bean Dad, yeah. uh, Shrimpgate. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's been a lot of main characters. Well, and uh, this main character isn't a person. Well, it does have something to do with people, but it's a couch. Yeah. So uh, over the weekend, there was a story that went viral naturally that had all the best parts of old Twitter. Someone did something they thought was a great idea, recorded and posted the entire process proudly, I believe to TikTok. Yeah. But the best way to enjoy TikTok is on Twitter, yeah. I'd say. And uh, then they were widely mocked by the entire site for unwittingly doing something incredibly dumb and disgusting. <laughs> yeah. So to be fair, this was, like most things these days, a bit of, it was spillover from TikTok, but the, the conversation and the memery really got its footing on Twitter, a hell site that we cannot leave for these reasons and more. Yeah. Here's a brief description of what went down. A video that originated on TikTok went viral on Twitter when one user added the description, why the fuck am I never this lucky? The video, which we could dissect every second of, uh, but we will just save it for the end. It shows someone finding what appears to be an obscenely expensive couch on the side of a street in New York City. And they check online to find out that this couch, this beautiful couch, it's perfectly good couch. It cost around $8,000 when, when purchased brand new. So, look, this person, she got her dad to pick it up. They brought it to a separate space where they cleaned it in increasingly silly ways and waited for it to dry and transferred it to her apartment uh, where she replaced a perfectly fine couch with her yeah. lovely new find. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm going I'm to start this whole thing off with uh, the perception of value here because, folks... Her perception of value is what drove this entire escapade. If the search results turned up something that was, I don't know, only a few hundred dollars or less, or from a less desirable store mm -hmm. even, she wouldn't have attempted to rehabilitate this couch. Right, but she thought she, this was... Struck gold. Yeah. So yeah, rehabilitate is definitely giving too much credit to the work that they did as well, because this fucking couch was <laughs> on the streets of New York. For an undetermined amount of time. And it came from someone else who threw it out for presumably a reason. Yes. Um, in New York City, I mean, we don't live there, but from my understanding of it, it's Rat City. There is a war on rats That's happening. That's what Eric Adams says. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, there is, in our opinion, no amount of simple scrubbing and vacuuming that could make us comfortable enough to use this New York City... Street couch. Street couch. <laughs> and, like, you know, finding, like, wooden furniture on the sure. uh, like that you can you can rehabilitate wooden furniture you take a sand metal or two furniture and... yeah that's that's fine upholstery <laughs> is a different fucking beast things it can is, live deep within yeah that. upholstery is that is a deal breaker if you're talking about taking something off the fucking street and bringing it even close to your home 
And, so, and that whatever's in that could spread to other parts right. of your home, which can make it legitimately unlivable by the actual standards yep, of the city. Yep, yep. So yeah, in addition to the general concern over hygiene, it's it's come to light that this couch, um, <laughs> it's not even the fucking thing they thought it was. It's a cheap knockoff of the original overpriced couch. Uh, and this was surmised just based on looking at the fabric. It's not the same fabric. Sorry. This is an Alibaba knockoff. <laughs> so yeah. She might have done all this work to put a filthy couch in her apartment, replacing a perfectly fine couch, and the value that she thought was getting out of saving this thing is actually not even there. Yeah. Having said that, if you love something and it works for you, it shouldn't matter how much it costs, but the entire video is predicated on the fact that she was rescuing a couch worth $8,000. Yeah, if you have a cheap couch and it works and you're happy with it, it doesn't matter that it's cheap because it's functional. Yeah. You yeah. don't have to have an outrageously expensive couch, okay? Uh, now, our thoughts our thoughts aside, this post was absolutely ripe for mockery, and it dominated the timeline over the weekend with memes, reactions, and polls debating whether or not this was smart, thrifty, or fucking disgusting. Uh, this post from Zach Silberberg is a good culmination of all of it. It says, this image is a good litmus test for politics. Do you regard this couch with respect <laughs> or disgust? <laughs> But let's go back a bit to the fun stuff. Here's some of the good tweets from the weekend regarding the couch. Yesterday, I had to say goodbye to my $8,000 couch because I found 2 million individual <laughs> bed bugs and three different colonies of bacteria inside of it. And it stinks really bad. I left it on the sidewalk for garbage collection. Has anyone seen my heavily squirted on couch? <laughs> I put it out on the sidewalk to dry this morning and now it's gone. It looks like this. Damn, it was just finished drying, too. Yeah. And also, she ruined it by scrubbing all the squirt off. Yeah. Ugh. Which is not piss, according to many women online. It's piss. This is not a discussion we will have on this episode. There's not. Where, how, would that, <laughs> how would that even fucking work? Liquid, you think there's just a, a vessel of yep. liquid in your body? That's what it is. Waiting? It's just, it's just sitting, sitting full on the ready in case you squirt? No, it's fucking piss. And if you like that, that's fine. But don't pretend it's not what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Heard the craziest story last night at a party. Buddy of mine found this $8,000 couch in an abandoned building, took it home, and found it's haunted. The ghost of a Victorian child would rise off it every night at 3 a.m. and stare at him, blankly. He threw the couch on a sidewalk last week. I believe that was the, the men's fashion guy, too. Mm. Who's, uh, who's quickly become, like, maybe the top account on Twitter. There you go. He does it all. And then, yeah, there were people just pointing out that she rehabilitated a cheap knockoff. It's a knockoff. The fabric isn't correct. It should be that honeycomb slash meshy synthetic that they use. And I really hate to add, but I'm pretty sure this is the AliExpress couch for $600. <sighs> Anyways, uh, we are actually very curious about your thoughts on this. this I, it's going to be split down the middle. I don't think it will be. Uh, <laughs> would you go through the trouble of attempting to deep clean a couch that you found on the street, regardless of price, and bring it inside? Or are we totally out of touch in thinking that this is kind of gross? If it has any bed bugs in it, you're fucked. You yep. just introduce bed bugs into your house. But also, the way that they cleaned it using uh, carpet cleaning tools... Um, it doesn't deep clean it. Well, it doesn't deep clean it. And also, y y unless you have a system to dry it, which unless you work in, like, furniture, uh, like... You'd have to reupholster re this entire thing. Right. Like, I watch a lot of... Uh, one of my YouTube kinks is uh, watching carpet uh, restoration videos. Yeah. And it's quite a process, but, like... The absolute, it is absolutely necessary that you put that wet carpet through like a fucking 
turbine that uh, <laughs> dries it out over like the course of a day because if, if any moisture is still in there, no, you got you it, got mold. They let it dry in a warehouse. Yeah, and there's a, every every like month or so on the power washing subreddit, someone power washes uh, a rug, and then everyone's like, "Oh, buddy, oh, you just, just you've, you've just created mold. Yeah, you've just created mold." Well, the results on Twitter have been a real mixed bag. Uh, Mostly uh, siding on this, this is gross. So let us know what you think. Also, does the perceived value change your thoughts on it? Does it matter that it's actually just a cheap knockoff? How much is time and transport worth? How much is your time worth? The one thing you can't buy. I mean, I am very curious about not this specific couch, but that model of couch. Like, how comfortable is it? What does it feel like to sit in? It looks big. It looks squishy, Look, but I don't know. I'm not gonna judge anyone's you know interior design aesthetics. This. There's certainly a market for it or it wouldn't exist, but it doesn't, you know, it doesn't appeal to me visually. Right. Yeah. That's the problem with like uh, interior design aesthetics is like you can't just get this couch. That's a this is a a choice for all of your design principles. You are going ultra modern. You can't just have this thing yeah. and then have a bunch of you like gotta have American of those, farmhouse uh, fucking bullshit. You got to have like a bunch of those twisty candles and shit on the uh, coffee table if you get yeah. this. You need like some H.R. Giger dining room uh, table. And you can only <laughs> you gotta get weird. You can only tinned fish. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, how much how much is your time worth? Cleaning, transporting to multiple locations, getting friends and family involved. Does the actual monetary value have any effect on that? Is the couch actually blue or is it white and gold? Oh. These are the questions we have. Have you clicked the like button on the video yet? Yeah, come on. <laughs> we'll check back uh, later on all of this. No, we won't. But we do have more news to get to. Before we do that, though, this episode is sponsored by HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients, and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Flavor is in full bloom at HelloFresh. Enjoy the taste of spring with chef-crafted recipes featuring ripe, seasonal ingredients delivered right to your door. When the spring sunshine is calling your name, don't call for takeout. Get HelloFresh instead. Their quick and easy meals make feeding the family a cinch and without the high price tag. Their new fast and fresh options are ready in just 15 minutes or less. No more scouring the grocery store for that one ingredient to complete your recipe. HelloFresh takes away all that hassle by delivering fresh pre-portioned ingredients so you have exactly what you need and helps you cut down on food waste. HelloFresh makes dinner time a snap with deliciously easy options that will please everyone at your table. From fit and wholesome to pescatarian to veggie, they have a meal plan that suits your lifestyle. Plus, you can swap out proteins and sides to your liking. This week's menu has one of our new favorites, chicken and sun-dried tomato spaghetti with fresh parsley, almonds, and parmesan. Or if you're looking for a good vegan option, definitely try their vegan street cart style chickpea bowls. Also, HelloFresh has partnered with Green Chef, another one of our sponsors, to bring you a wider array of meal plans to choose from. Go to hellofresh.com slash todaydaily16 and use code todaydaily16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping. That's hellofresh.com slash todaydaily16 with code todaydaily16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping. Hello Fresh, America's number one meal kit. All right, back to the news now, and this next story combines two of our least favorite subjects. Take a deep breath, because it involves Diane Feinstein and artificial intelligence in ways that are so stupid, we're begging for this to be satirical, though it appears that it is not satirical, it is dead serious, Yeah. because we live in hell. Uh, we even double-checked some of this guy's older uh, other articles and his Twitter feed. It appears as though he is a serious person. Uh, we're still unsure. We do want to clarify that this article, even though it's in the San Francisco Chronicle, 
It does come from the opinions section. These are opinions. This is one man's opinion. Hopefully just one man's. But then there is simply no more room in hell for a headline like this one. Should Dianne Feinstein resign or stay in office? With AI, she can stay as long as she wants. Ooh. So first of all, if you need a refresher on the Feinstein saga, just watch our previous videos. Here's a TLDR. She's an 89-year-old reco senator recovering from a traumatic medical condition, almost certainly suffering from some degree of dementia, who refuses to retire from her job in the Senate, yeah. which is creating problems. Yes. So yes, this headline is insane and incredibly dystopian, but obviously the story backing up the claims is even scarier simply because people think that this could be a good idea or one that even merits a second thought. Yeah. The fact that someone thought this up. Is... Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Maybe maybe everyone's right and AI should take over. We got it... <laughs> It's like, you know, like five years ago, it was like, oh, Bitcoin solves this. And we are at the stage where it's like, AI solves this. Yeah. No, it fucking doesn't. Here you go. Full stories are always linked down in the description, but... If you really want to torture yourself. Yeah. The fight over Dianne Feinstein's future is a foolish waste of time. Some Californians say our senior U.S. senator, who turns 90 next month, must step down as soon as possible so that Governor Gavin Newsom can appoint a politician who is healthy and young enough to show up in person for all votes. Others say Feinstein was elected to the post and is the best judge of when she should leave. This is a false choice, because we can give both sides what they want. We can make sure California is always represented in the Senate, while Feinstein can remain in the body for as long as she likes. How? Artificial intelligence. Yes, we could create an artificial intelligence based on Feinstein. Call it DiFi AI, and it could handle all the tasks of a senator's job. Fundraising? DiFi could reach more people in more places faster and write less annoying email spam. Legislation? An algorithm could introduce sensible gun control legislation that doesn't pass and do it faster than the human Feinstein. Voting the party line? Your 12-year-old could build an AI to do that, but why stop at handling official duties? A DiFi AI could also solve political problems that elude the living, breathing Feinstein. Right now, Governor Newsom has to worry about the tricky politics of whom he might choose to replace Feinstein if she leaves early or dies. The AI spares him that choice. In 2024, three Democratic contenders to replace Feinstein will raise millions of dollars to spend against one another, money that donors instead could devote to beating Republican candidates. Better for Democrats to unite behind the DiFi AI and avoid the costly internal warfare. Look, I'm just asking questions. <laughs> yeah, like, am I a genius? Am I a genius? Is anyone on this? Is anyone uh, hearing what I'm saying? Because I'm th I think I'm onto something. This is some real big brain thinking right here. This is. I don't know a lot about this guy, but this is like something you'd come up with when you're high with your friends. Yeah, you wouldn't share this. <laughs> the pages of a uh, you know, prominent regional newspaper. <laughs> anyway, the writing does unfortunately continue. And again, it really teeters on being satire to the point that the negative reaction that it has justifiably garnered online could be swatted away by the author, simply stating that this was his intention the whole time. Yeah, I was joking, obviously. I was merely pretending to be stupid. <laughs> Though it, it would seem to be... Uh, at least, real, yeah. Yeah, it looks like the AI Diane Feinstein would actually talk to him, unlike the real one. <laughs> yeah, he can have a conversation with the AI because the other one refuses or might not be able to. I'd benefit personally. Senator Feinstein doesn't talk to me or many reporters, but with some guidance from an AI savvy friend, I recently asked the GPT-4 multimodal model from OpenAI Open to pretend it was a 90-year-old senator from California facing questions from a provocative California columnist about whether she should leave office and who should replace her. Oh my fucking God. Yeah, it's and it's bad. Uh, I don't even read from it here or post it or anything like that because it is the most 
like basic milk toast response and saying nothing. Right. From which, which is basically what she's already been doing. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's a standard politician answer, but it 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 all right, okay, gives I nothing to the conversation. Pretend you have late stage dementia, and you have a powerful position in the United States government. I've been here voting the entire time. So yeah, he posted a transcript of a short conversation with AI, which literally doesn't fucking matter because it's not real. Also, it's garbage, so it's it's worse than pointless. Yeah. What is happening right now? <laughs> make it make it stop. She should leave also, because otherwise just... people are going to keep hypothesizing about ways to replace her with technology. Like, I, also, I'm not like a legal scholar, but I'm pretty sure this is just not even you, like you can't legally possible. You can't elect a fucking computer <laughs> to the Senate. Yeah, sorry, buddy. Like, I, I think personhood is probably step one, but maybe that's not on the books. Maybe our founding fathers forgot to uh, forgot to add that in. Yes. There's nothing in the rule book says an AI can't be a senator. When they envisioned the future, they specifically thought about computer-brained senators and AR-15s because they had foresight. Yeah, they're very, very smart. Yeah. But while we're on the topic of politics, a new challenger appears. A new name in the hat for the Republican nomination for the party's 2024 run. A challenger whose chances are so low of getting the nomination that Trump himself warmly welcomed, welcomed him to the race while also continuing to bash Ron the Sanctimonious. Ron the sales tax. And also, if elected, it is a challenger who might be the first ever virgin president. Hell yeah. Mm. At least that we know of. I mean, we've had a lot you know, of presidents. We've tried the Coomer president, you know, 40, <laughs> 46 Coomer presidents, yeah. and uh, it hasn't worked out too good. Yeah. We need a president who uh, not only celebrates No Nut November, yeah. but every day is No Nut Day. No Nut America. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Tim Scott of South Carolina has officially announced his bid for the presidency in triumphant fashion by doing his best impression of Howard Dean screaming in excitement. Hiyah! Here you go. Hello, Mount Charleston! And there's nothing really of note relating to Tim Scott's politics. He votes down party lines and holds the same positions on most hot button issues. He's pro-life, he's anti-affordable care act, he's anti-immigration and so on and so forth. What is interesting is that he's a confessed virgin, but don't call him an incel. He is a virgin for the Lord. He, he's a vol cell. Yeah. Voluntarily celibate. Yeah. Get it straight. Not that it really matters, I guess, except for the fact that this guy's policies also follow his religious views down to the line, which at this point, we shouldn't have to spell it out for you, but there's a reason that separation of church and state exists. Yeah. His virginity pledge is just one example of how hard-lined he is when it comes to those religious values, which has resulted in restrictive legislation in his home state of South Carolina. Anyways, this all comes from Washington Post reporter Ben Terrace, who tweeted the following anecdote. Tim Scott will be the first pres candidate I've ever asked about the status of his virginity. Initial answer, I'm not talking about my sex life with Ben Terrace. Then he stood up and said, I have to go potty. That's a very... Well, he's got my vote. Very cool thing to say when asked about your virginity as a, at the time, 30-year-old. I got to go potty. Change me. <laughs> All right, well, uh, you have my curiosity. So he continues, it wasn't a completely random question. He had spent his young adult life preaching abstinence until marriage. He'd give talks and mention that he was saving himself until marriage. And during my interview with the then congressman, he was and continues to be unmarried. One more thing. It was such an awkward question to ask that I wrote myself a script. You used to preach about the virtue of no sex until marriage. Is that a virtue that you still adhere to today? Ultimately, he implied he did not. Quote, 
I just wish we all had more patience. Wait. So, uh-oh. Did he turn his back on the Lord? Tim Scott's a coomer. Did he, did he turn his back on the Lord to put it in something else? Well, you know, when you join the straight edge gang, you, they're, they're, we're not just going to let you out. You got to get beat up of the straight edge lifestyle. So uh, I'm going to knock that cigarette out of his mouth. I'm going to put a cigarette in his mouth and then knock it out of his mouth. Uh-huh. And I'm going to scratch off his tattoos. To be no. fair, the, the straight edge culture of even the 80s, 90s, and today, I, I don't think his abstinence is part of it. Nor is coffee or... It was at the beginning. The, I like, believe so, yeah, but... Uh, or at least, like, no, no promiscuousness. Yeah. Well, no one's carving an X into the back of Tim Scott. Anyways, there was another profile on Scott that doubled down on the virginity claim, with uh, Mediaite adding, The 11-year-old profile noted Scott's opposition to premarital sex and his claims from early in his political career that he had never had sexual contact with a woman before. Scott was asked if his vow of abstinence until marriage had survived his political career, and he admitted that it did not. Oh. Damn. So. No virgin present. He's going to get kicked out of that incel discord group. Yeah. Just like that other guy who announced his virginity lost. Yeah. Also, it, it might not be true. Who, who knows? He could be lying to uh, make it appear as though he is not a 40-something virgin. Yeah, Mr. Scott, who did you lose your virginity to? Well, she's in Canada. She goes to a different school. She goes to a different country. Yeah. But if it is, maybe being a hardcore Christian in every aspect of your life doesn't mesh with modern realities, and the government shouldn't be run by people who interpret it in a way that gives them control over other people's lives and, in particular, bodies. But I think they should let him debate, because Donald Trump's going to be like, He's a virgin, you know. Tim Scott's going to be like, no, actually, I'm not. Oh, he's a sinner. <laughs> he's a sinner. And Ron DeSantis is like, that's right. And I don't remember asking you a damn thing, Ron. <laughs> I don't remember you asking a goddamn thing. <laughs> also, are you wearing lifts right now? Uh, yeah, and uh, are we going to talk about Ron DeSantis? No, but it is an awkward video where he yeah, goes he, into the building. He went, he's, he's, like, uh, he's doing the, he still hasn't declared his presence or his intention to run, but he's doing what all the things you would do if... Yeah, that was the case. So he was in New Hampshire, one of the, the for some reason, one of, the, die. one of the more important states in any pre- presidential run. Goes into a diner and it's just a very awkward thing. The man doesn't know how to talk to people. He he asks some guy like, "Oh, what's your name?" The guy tells me like, "Okay." Yeah, it's just a very I, the best description I saw was it, it's clearly a man with anger issues trying yeah. to act normal. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't have the juice, but no. I want him to try. Yeah, he, I want him to try. Another indication, which, again, he has, at this point, I think a week and a half to declare. I think it's June 1st. He has to do something uh, based on paperwork or whatever. But uh, he did take the Florida out of his name on Twitter, which is a big indicator for a mm. national run. There you go. You know, I've been a Florida man for a couple years now, but I'm about to be an America man. <laughs> <laughs> We're about to be a Florida country. Well, just, just a painful person. Every restaurant is Hooters in my America. All right, we'll leave you today with a satisfying clip from the past few days. Uh, we're just going to let you bask in the glory of Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zaslav getting mocked and booed in person at his alma mater of all places, Boston University, while delivering a commencement address. Now, at any other time, this almost certainly would have been an uneventful and completely innocuous moment for Zaslav and the students. He's a successful businessman giving a speech for people who probably want to be successful in business. It's 
Not that strange. But he's made himself the center of attention, especially when it comes to the writer's strike and the mismanagement of money-hungry media companies who are frantically cutting staff and budgets while they themselves take home massive pay packages. Yeah, he, he he's is the, flaunting it. He's the mascot of the opposition. The day the writer's strike started, he was courtside at, uh, at an NBA playoff game. This man so, is not good at making PR decisions. It's almost like he's bad at his job. He's rubbing and, it in everyone's face. getting rid of him would solve a lot of the problems that uh, everyone's mad yeah. about. So he was rightfully booed by the students and was also subject to the chance, pay your writers. So here's a clip. I have the honor to present David Zasloff for Boston University's honorary degree. If you want to be successful, you're going to have to figure out how to get along with everyone. And that includes difficult people. Some people... Some people will be looking for a fight. They weren't booing. They were shouting, chanting BU for Boston, Boston University. There so go. there you go. But yeah, also things could be heating up for the studios because well, the actors might be joining the picket line officially as SAG-AFTRA, their union, has initiated a strike authorization vote. Uh-oh! Yeah. Here's some of their official memo explaining what this means. In anticipation of the union's forthcoming TV theatrical contract negotiations with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, AMPTP, which began June 7th, the SAG-AFTRA National Board agreed unanimously to recommend that its members vote to authorize a strike. An affirmative vote does not mean a strike would necessarily happen, but it would allow the National Board to call one if deemed necessary during the negotiations process. The action comes following a unanimous agreement by the TV Theatrical Negotiating Committee that the strike authorization would give the union maximum bargaining leverage as it enters this round of negotiations with the AMPTP. SAG-AFTRA represents more than 160,000 entertainment and media professionals. That's a lot of solidarity. Yeah, I mean, the WGA is, what, just like a little over 10,000 uh, people? It's big. This, is, this would be much bigger. And also, uh, I believe the Directors Guild is up for a vote sometime soon. Well, the, the, uh, the thing about this, too, is that they released that, I think it was like ABC or something, released what was being sent around as a strike-proof primetime schedule. Uh, very... Yeah, but uh, without SAG, like, you can't, like, Steve yeah. Harvey's not going to fucking host so your they, stupid, like, game show. Yeah, they there's a new one with everything crossed out except for literally, like, The Bachelor. Yeah, they're just going to get Ken Jennings to host all of them because he's a fucking scab. Yeah, unfortunate. Scab Jennings. But uh, also, uh, really quick before we get out of here, because you've probably been following along with all the latest Google updates regarding old and outdated oh accounts. My fucking God. Uh, some good news, some silver lining here. Google has updated its recent policy change on inactive accounts to state that this will not affect YouTube accounts. Yeah, okay, that's good. Yeah. Uh... So, uh, yeah, the, the whole thing was that they would be deleting inactive accounts that haven't been used in at least two years, which obviously caused people to panic because that meant an just incalculable amount of classic videos could instantly disappear from YouTube, including videos made by creators who have passed away. If you die in real life, you die in the virtual the internet. world. Yeah. <laughs> people were right to worry, and the fears caused a big enough fuss online that Google stepped in to clarify or probably change their intentions and what they had in mind. So their clarification reads in part, 
We do not have plans to delete accounts with YouTube videos at this time. So the at this time part is obviously still a bit worrisome. And the threat leading up to this was enough to cause people to start archiving some of their favorite videos on the platform. So for now, things are safe, but it's the internet and you never know when something could change simply because one of the pillars of the internet uh, decides they want to in order to save some money. Yeah. Also, I mean, I've had my Gmail account for 20 years. They were very clear at the time. It was like, you never have to delete anything. It's going to be there forever. Forever. Mm. Um, so anyways, yeah, uh, good temporarily that old YouTube videos are not getting deleted temporarily. But, you know, just like with every Google product, yeah, it could go to the dustbin. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. TikTok. Uh, anyways, make sure you like the video. Are we saying it enough? Like we, it. You're doing it. Come so on. We, we, you liked it. Let us know you that trust, you liked it. Or we trust you that you're doing it. We've seen the results. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those things where they're like, if you don't say it, they won't do it. And yeah. it works. So here you go. Also, in the meantime, uh, if you're waiting for our next episode, please do yourself a favor and watch our other episodes. Because one of the other trending topics on Twitter this weekend was the fascination of people with orcas attacking boats. We covered all that and more on this week's episode of Weekly Weird News. Also, we got a whole episode of News Dump that has lots of Lots of schadenfreude when it relates to Rudolph Giuliani, among plenty of other things. Yeah. So check that out, and we will see you soon for more episodes. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.